Welcome to the Los Links Talk Show, everybody. 50% of the way through the WNBA season. It's going by so, so fast, and uh, we are back with another episode of the Los Links Talk Show to get you caught up on what has happened thus far in the season and also to look forward to see what is upcoming and uh as as we do here uh every episode of los links talk show we're bringing in a guest we have another local media member to talk to as we uh discuss everything minnesota links basketball and today uh we have a very special guest who's uh new to the program and um but as someone who is not new um to uh you know us being friends we've been friends for a little while at least on the links beat as far as that goes and so today's guest from Zone Coverage, he covers the Lynx and a little bit of Wolves as well. Everybody, welcome Mitchell Hansen. Hello, Mitchell. Hey, Neil. Thanks. Did you for hear all the me. applause? I, did you hear all the? Yeah, did you hear yeah. all the fans? They were screaming. Did, did you hear me in the background? I was clapping and by myself right now, just kind of hyping myself up. But no, I, uh, I appreciate you having me on, and I'm I'm glad to glad to join you. Absolutely, Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell's uh, always on the links. He has been uh, for for many many years. We uh, we go back to 2017. That was uh, my first year covering the links uh, for Canis Hoopus, and I I had never done anything like that before, like in my whole life. Like I just like watch basketball and stuff like that, but I never like been a credentialed press member or media member or whatever. And um, something I I really remember from that season, Mitchell. I know you were you were brand new as well, but you had worked with the Wolves for a few months or you know kind of part of their season. Um, before that link season and um, I just remember you being really nice to me and you really kind of showing me the way and uh, even though that that year was uh, notable because it it was in St. Paul it was at Excel Energy Center the whole season I didn't know anywhere to go I didn't know who anybody was um, and you really helped me out um, you know because you worked for the team at that time um, and so, uh, first of all, I want to say thank you because you, you were like the first person I met. It was kind of like a first day of school situation, and you were that person who had, was like a smiling face and was able to like show me around and like tell me how things kind of normally go, <laughs> at least. So, I want to say thank you for that. Yeah, of course. And to be honest, I at right away I probably had no clue what I was doing or where I was going anyway, anywhere because it's obviously like you said, it was at at XL Energy Center, and it was kind of a a weird season as far as moving around, but it, we got by and, and we've, we've been in contact ever since, which, which has been nice. Yeah. So, um, I want to start with your time working, um, with the Lynx and, and the Wolves and, and the organization and sort of maybe some memories that you have, or just some big takeaways that you had from, you know, working with the Lynx and, and, you know, what, just what the, what kind of time you had there and kind of what you worked on and what you just remember from, from that time. Yeah, I was uh, basically I was I was working in their um, kind of digital media department. Um, I worked underneath Kyle Radke, who who a lot of Lynx and Wolves fans are are aware of and, and familiar with. Um, and I've I've known Kyle for for a long time. We we grew up in the same hometown, went to the the same high school, even though he's he's older than I am. Um, but um, so I, I've known Kyle for a while, and, and he was he was grateful enough to. To hire me on there as his intern, and I worked under underneath him for for a year with um, doing both the Wolves and the Lynx. And um, a lot of what I what I did was kind of what I'm doing now. A lot of you know game coverage, a lot of uh, managing the website, adding things to the website, um, a lot of content creation, that kind of stuff. So um, overall, the the experience it, w- it was a ton of fun. Um, it was a little bit of a down year for for the Wolves, which which made things a little little tough. 
um, throughout the year, but because you're trying to continuously put kind of a positive twist on things. And, and obviously, if a, if a team's not doing not doing that great, it gets it gets a little tough. But um, it was a blast. It was it was kind of a, a a dream come true. It's always been a kind of a goal of mine or a dream of mine to be able to do that and to be around not necessarily just basketball. And I'm I'm obviously a, a basketball fan, but um, to work within a, a professional organization like that was was kind of a remarkable experience. And um, on the other side, the the link side was was that that season was was memorable to say the least. I mean, it was not only my uh, first WNBA season covering. Obviously, you, you mentioned that I, I did the did the NBA season before then, but um, you know, it was my first time basically covering women's basketball, covering the WNBA, and um, what a season to do it. I mean, it, that 2017 season was was obviously the last championship that the Lynx won, and um, you know, it, it was just a blast not only being around around those players, around the coaches, around the other um, you know journalists and reporters that that um, covered the team, but um, you know, just that that season in itself, it was like I said, it was a little weird just with being at XL Energy Center, being at Williams Arena, and kind of moving around a little bit. But um, it was it was a unique season that ended up in a in a championship, and that's. That's a moment I, I'll never forget. I'm actually looking up at my uh, 2017 ring and, and signed basketball right now. So that's um, that, that's something that that will I'll, I'll never forget. So that that's kind of my bragging moment. But, Yo, you got the ring. Uh, that's incredible. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you worked. You you were a, a team employee in a championship season. So yeah, you get a ring. That's incredible. You have a championship ring. It was yeah. It, it's something that you know when when it got brought up, it's like I you know I don't I don't know if I would ever wear this thing I don't really know what I'm going to do with it but you know it's it's something that you know I I will never forget and that's it was it was a very very memorable moment I'm I'm glad to still be still be covering the team still being you know be around the team and um, you know I I still enjoy you know what I do as as much today as I did then so it's been um, uh, you know, a good, what I would say four plus years, four years, something like that, four seasons, I guess. So that it's, it's been a good time. Yeah, I know that 2017 season, just totally memorable. I mean, even taking sort of our, you know, personal sort of attachment to it, as far as working the games, I mean, it was just like, you know, just, just the winning streaks. And I forget how many they won at one point, like 13 in a row, at one point or like 11 in a row, like double digit. I think they had maybe multiple double digit winning streaks in that season. You know, Sill was the MVP. She just couldn't be stopped. She played every game. It was just like fantastic every night. And then obviously the super memorable finals at, at Williams Arena, uh, as well, going to Game Five and still winning Finals MVP, and just that whole season totally was just so, so, so cool and so memorable. And especially, you know, and then going back to hey, being our first season on, it was weird because you know I'd watch the team and knew they were really good and they won multiple titles before. But then you, when you have to write about the team, it's so interesting, especially when they win that many in a row. It's like okay, the Lynx won again, and then again, like it's like twelve in a row. What do I write about this time? Still, Sylvia Fowles was dominant, and the Lynx defense is the best in the league. And you know, it's just like kind of crazy too to like think about like covering that team too, and just all the wins and the embarrassment of riches <laughs> that they had going that season. That's something I'll definitely uh, always be thinking about, and and um, you know that that'll that'll always be a memorable season, just first time out there. So that that was really cool. But, you know, also in that, I, you know, I, I just think I just respect and, 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 and just so appreciate Cheryl Reeve so much, um, you know, for, for, from so many perspectives, but especially, um, you know, coming from the media perspective. She's so giving with her time. She goes so in depth 
um, talking about basketball and other things um, that you just don't see a lot of other sports figures or coaches kind of do. And I just think she's such a special person. And so I just want to know if you have any memories or, you know, from working with her, you know, even just covering the team sort of from the inside, um, you know, because I just think that part of the one of the most special things about covering this team, you know, beyond the amazing basketball is 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 the Cheryl Reeve part of it. And and just so I don't know, what do you think about her? And what do you have any like memories or or moments uh, from that season working with the team that that kind of, you know, really uh, impressed you about Cheryl? Yeah, yeah. The thing with her, and and you touched on it a bit, is she's just so accessible and she's so open. And in that, that, you know, as, whether you're uh, you know an internal writer, internal employee, or you're a, you know an external journalist or reporter, that that is extremely. I mean, you're you're extremely grateful for that. And you know, she's the she's the type of person that you know, strictly from a basketball standpoint, you could literally sit there and talk to her for hours. Um, and, and she, you know, just the insight she provides and, and the knowledge that she knows is, is, is remarkable. Um, but the other thing is she's just in, an incredibly nice person too. I mean, a, a lot of people, you know, if they, if, it, if you're a casual Lynx fan, maybe you'll, you'll tune into a game and, and this doesn't go just for Cheryl, but a lot of coaches, you see them, you know, getting upset, you see them yelling, you see them, you know, whatever, um, kind of in the heat of the game and you don't, you don't really realize you know, what they are, who they are outside of basketball or kind of away from the court. And that, that's the thing with, with Cheryl. She'll, she'll always be honest with you, but, you know, she's, she's an incredibly nice person. And like you said, she's, she's always available, which, which is, is really nice. And that's one thing that I've, I've noticed even with the, the WNBA and the, the Lynx in, in general um, is that they're just so accessible and they're so available at all times and willing to work with media. And they, it, that they know that the media is not only trying to cover them, but the, we're, you know we have the interest of also trying to grow the game like they do. Um, so it's you know that partnership and that kind of hand in hand works works really well. And um, when it comes to, to memories of Cheryl, um, there, there wasn't a ton kind of outside of, of what we dealt with, you know, in in the public light or you know in in media scrums and um, you know practices or games that kind of stuff, but. Um, you know, one thing that, that kind of stood out to me and, you know, I, I respect this, um, from her for, for doing it, something really small, but when I was done working for, for the Timberwolves and Lynx, um, you know, I, you know, something as little as I posted on Twitter saying, you know, some of you may know that, you know, I'm no longer working for the, the Timberwolves and Lynx, or I wanted to let you all know that I'm no longer there. Um, and you know, she reached out on, on Twitter and just said, Hey, thanks for all, all you do. Or, um, you know, thanks for, for your contributions over the last year, that kind of stuff. Or even if it was just, you know, walking by her and, you know, somebody of that magnitude or kind of that, um, you know, somebody that's in the public eye, a professional head coach or, or you know, somebody that's more popular than I am, um, <laughs> you know, if when you see them walking in, in the tunnel at Target Center or you see them or XL Energy Center, I guess, like it was <laughs> yeah. in 2017, um, or, uh, you know, just, just walking around the office or something like that or after practice and they say, you know, hey, Mitchell or hey, Neil, like that, that to me is, you know, that they are familiar with who you are and they're taking the time to get to know who you are as, as a person. Just even if it's something as small as knowing your name, I mean, like, you know, you see a lot of NBA coaches or other leagues that maybe they they don't even know what your name is or who you are and 
um, you know, little things like that that go a long way and that, that make you respect a person. So, um, like I said, she's, you know, she's a, not only a, a Hall of Fame coach, a, a, you know, a great coach, and, and she continues to build onto her resume, but, you know, she's a, she's a great, great person as well, and, and she's even better to deal with, that's for sure. Totally, and, and, you know, she preaches that for her team, and, you know, I think she's even talking about it the other night, you know, after, um, after the win over Dallas about, you know, sort of these players that they find and, and sort of having these qualities of being, you know, a, a, you know, a high-quality individual and a person, being, being a good human, you know, kind of. And they really, you know, do try and find those players who are not just good in the basketball court but are also, um, you know, good people and um, people who respect everybody around them, you know, like you're saying, even people lower down the ladder. And, and Cheryl is at the – you know, she's preaching that and she's at the top of all this, this um, pyramid. And so she, she lives it too. And so it's like that's really cool to see because a lot of people can just talk that talk but she actually walks it as well. And uh, I've experienced all that same stuff, you know, it's exactly the same thing, using your first name and just like, oh, yeah, I've never really properly introduced myself. But like, hey, we, you already know me. And like, it's it's I don't know, it's she really does go above and beyond. And that it really kind of helps things go along and helps people feel comfortable. And so, yeah, it's just it really does permeate the entire uh, organization, at least on the link side, as far as I know. Um, so it's, uh, it makes sense, uh, I guess, that uh, it all starts at the top with Cheryl. Um, but let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the team since 2017. I mean, we're talking about that that great season. And, you know, the years before then even, you know, there was kind of not very much movement with the team. A lot of the starting five stayed the same, and maybe a few bench players would kind of rotate out. But you kind of have the same group. And then since then, everything has – um, really changed as far as the roster churn goes. Uh, Sylvia Fowles is still around, obviously, but kind of uh, since 2017, it's really been a different team almost every season. So I don't know what what, what do you think of you know sort of where the team um, has gone since that season, and um, you know as far as the personnel and just like all the changes go, like wh- what do you see uh, in in the franchise since 2017? Yeah, it's crazy to think about how how much the roster has turned over from, you know, three, four years ago. I mean, if you would have told me and, you know, obviously we didn't, nobody expected, you know, Lindsey Whalen, Rebecca Brunson, um, Simone Augustus, you know, a lot, a bulk of those players to play, you know, much longer beyond maybe the 2017, 2018 seasons. But I don't know if anybody expected here and, you know, or even you even look back at, at 2019 and Sylvia Falls and Simone Augustus are the only two remaining basically from that, that championship team. Yeah. We, we went really um, far in the other way, basically. It was like, okay, there's probably right. gonna be a little bit of change, but instead it's like, Oh no, there's gonna be a lot of change. <laughs> right. Like you look at this team that, uh, in, in 2020 and I mean, you know, Sylvia Falls is the only one left remaining of that, that iconic starting five. Um, and then you had, you know, that, uh, from 2017 specifically, you had, you know, Renee Montgomery coming off the bench. Um, you obviously have Planet Pearson back on the bench, but in a different role now with, with being an assistant coach. Um, you know, th- there's just a lot of new faces now. They're obviously, you know, the last year or two, they've been in that transition mode of, of trying to figure out what they want to look like and not only, you know, dealing with the uncertainties surrounding Maya Moore and if she's going to come back, but also, you know, trying to figure out, okay, let's say if she doesn't come back, what do we, you know, we can't wait for that. We have to, to kind of to plan on, on moving forward. Even if, even if she does come back, they would, they would gladly take her back. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's weird to see, um, you know, the, the, the roster turnover and it's kind of been, been crazy to see how much it's turned over. 
Um, but like you said when we were talking about Cheryl just a little bit ago, that you know the the one consistent thing is they they continually bring in whether it's coaches, players, even just staff and organization as a whole. Um, they just bring in you know high quality people um, in that you know beyond beyond the basketball court, beyond their their skills and abilities that that goes a long way. Um, and that's one one consistent thing that that's carried over throughout the years, even since Cheryl's taken over as, as head coach and now general manager. Um, but you know the I would say last year was more so of that that transition period of maybe not having a, as clear of a vision of where they are. Obviously, Nafisa Collier, everybody knew she was going to be a, a cornerstone piece and kind of a, a key piece moving forward into the future. But, you know, this year now with, with you know, you have Crystal Dangerfield, you have, um, you know, Lexi Brown's going to be a, a piece, whether that's, you know, a starter or, or even coming off the bench. Um, you know, Odyssey Sims is here for, for a second year. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of, um, you know, a decent amount of players back that we saw from last year, which makes it a little bit more familiar and not as, as shocking to see kind of the roster turn, turnover. But um, like you said, it's, it's, a, it's a weird period that they're going through, and, and it's, it's not too often you see a, a drastic change in, in any roster, let alone, you know, a, a WNBA roster. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's something that's, that's taken some adjusting to, but uh, both for the Lynx and I think everybody watching the team. But um, I think, you know, they're, they're starting to figure out what they want and what direction they want to go, and, and they're starting to, to put the pieces in place now. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, we talk about, oh, it went further than we thought as far as the roster turnover. And what's so interesting about that is you, despite all of that, they've really not fallen off. I mean, obviously they're not at a championship level anymore, but, you know, a lot of teams when they kind of have those post-title years, they kind of bottom out, you know, they go all the way down and uh, or just, you know, when things change like that, you expect, you know, maybe the, the wins not to come as easily and, it's just been incredible to see, and again, go, kind of goes back to Cheryl Reeves' coaching ability and the system that they have in place there. But the fact that they've been able to hang on and still make the playoffs, you know, like nine seasons in a row, likely be 10, I think, this year. But, you know, just that consistency of, you know, at least being a playoff team every year, even if you're, you know, first round out or something like that. Like, I think that's just so huge. And that's just, again, this is, is kind of incredible when you think about the post-Dynasty days. And it could, go, it could have so easily gone the other way, I guess, um, as far as uh, the league goes and, you know, kind of passing them by. But they've been able to stay kind of in the middle of the pack and then this year even, even more. So um, it's, that's, that's really impressive, too, the fact that they've been able to kind of hang here and, and, and not, not become one of the worst teams in the league. In fact, they're, they're one of the best teams in the league right now. So I, I always think that that's really impressive to hang in there in the middle. Yeah, and you, I mean, even look at, at this year, if you would have told me, I don't, I don't know about you, but if you would have told me that, you know, midway point of the year they're going to be tied for third or tied for, for second, excuse yeah. me, um, you know, sitting at eight and three at the, at the midway point, which is weird to say eight and three at the midway point. Cause <laughs> yeah. I mean, what is the NFL season or something? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, if you would have told me that they were going to be eight and three at this point, or even in the position that they're in right now, I probably would have, you know, thought you were crazy because, you know, you look at last year, like you said, they were in the middle of the pack and, um, you know, they kind of floated around, around that, that, that six, seven, eight spot. Um, and I, yeah, personally for me that's that's what I expected again this year as they they continue to figure out their identity and continue to plug in some um, additional pieces and move forward and get them to 
to, to grow and build together. But um, yeah, like you said, it, it, it speaks volumes to, you know, the culture they have there, the winning culture, and it, and it starts up top with Cheryl. I mean, it, it's, it's remarkable what they've been able to do. And, and um, you know, it's crazy to think that they could, you know, reach the postseason for a 10th straight year this year. And um, it, it's certainly quite a run that they're on. And, and it, like I said, it speaks volumes to the, the type of people and the type of culture or winning culture that they have there. Yeah, so let's. Uh, we're already here. We're already. We don't even need to transition. We're already talking about this uh, this season and what has uh, transpired and sort of where we are now here at the fifty percent mark of the season. The team, like you mentioned, is eight and three, and you know tied for second place in the league, which is just incredible. And um, a few stats here for the, for the, you know where the team has been and sort of how they've played. Uh, the sixth best uh, team offensively by offensive rating, uh, third best uh, in defensive uh, rating, and that uh, that's good for the fourth uh, fourth best net rating in the league. And uh, there's kind of a drop off between four and five quite a bit. So you know I think it's you know they're tied for the second. Uh, you know, best league, uh, record in the league, but I think net rating is a pretty good way to kind of look at, at least at this point, you know, that we've had 50% of the season, you know, over 10 games sample size here. Net rating, I think, is a good way to kind of look at, you know, where did the links really fall uh, as far as, you know, where, where are they uh, in the standings? And, you know, they're, they're playing as, as the fourth best team in the league right now, which is still really good as well. Um, they're fifth in rebounding percentage, um, which has kind of fallen off. They were up there at like uh, second for most of the year. Uh, tenth in turnover percentage, so they're turning over, turning the ball over plenty. Um, eighth in, in uh, three-point attempts, um, but they're third in three-point uh, percentage, uh, which was helped uh, quite a bit, I would say, by the game the other night uh, against Dallas, where they hit uh, 14 uh, threes, uh, six shots, 60% from three, just insane. Uh, they played the slowest pace in the whole league, so uh, that's kind of been a standard uh, with any Sylvia Fowles Lynx team. Is they want to slow it down, they want to, they're going to grind you down the defensive end, and then they're going to get you into half court offense and throw it into Sill and let her work and really get some passes going and get some ball movement. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of a look at you know sort of how they got to where they are and sort of the mix of things that they do um, to be successful. Uh, this season, but Mitchell, I'm, I'm going to ask you. I mean, what do you think about eight and three, and 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 how are they eight and three? How you know? Yes, they've overachieved, and these things are happening. But you know, how have they gotten to this point to to have the record they do uh, halfway through the season? They've they've relied. Obviously, they're they're a younger team in general, but they they've they've relied heavily on on their their first and second year players. Um, obviously, with with Sylvia Fowles being out with with a, a calf injury. Um, for the foreseeable future, out indefinitely, as as the team announced, um, you know they're they're relying on their on their young guns. They're relying on Nafisa Collier, uh, Crystal Dangerfield has stepped up. Uh, Kiki Herbert Harrigan's been been stepping up quite a bit. A lot of, um, you know, obviously the, the the roster is turned over, like we we talked about a little bit ago. But there's a lot of new faces and new contributors on this on this team this year, and it's it's really, um, you know, it, it's been a really well-balanced attack for them. I mean, it's every night it's somebody different, essentially. It, whether it's, you know, Bridget Carlton getting their, her first start when Sylvia Falls missed um, her first game of the year against the Liberty and, and going off for 25 points, or, you know, Crystal, Crystal Dangerfield kind of getting put into that starting role when, when Shanice Johnson went down. Um, and, you know, it doesn't look like she's going to give up that spot anytime soon the way she's been playing. Um, Nafisa Collier kind of got off to a little bit of a slower start to, to start the year, but she's really excelled. 
Um, so, you know, it, it's been, like I said, somebody different every night. And then when you throw somebody like Sylvia Fowles back into the game um, or back into that rotation, it, it makes a big difference. And uh, Demarius Dantas has been has been playing playing well, too, as of late. But um, just the balance attack it has been a big thing. Um, you know, they, they've gotten one thing with with the Lynx is they they've gotten up to kind of odd slow starts in multiple games this year. But. Um, you know, we, we've seen them numerous times kind of do the, the anti, I always say the anti-Wolves thing, which if, if Wolves <laughs> fans remember like two, three years ago, they had their, their horrible third quarters. Um, you know, the, the Lynx are kind of the exact opposite this year where, you know, they could be trailing at halftime. They come out and they just go for, go for a run right out of the gate in the, in the second half and in, in that third quarter. So um, it's been a lot of uh, kind of come from behind, kind of grind them out wins for for Minnesota. But um, you know, they'll they'll a win's a win, whether it's ugly, um, whether it looks good, and and that's kind of beauty of going throughout the season is you can kind of shore up those those things and those mistakes and what you need to work on and, and continue to get better. But um, you know, at the lately the the three ball has been obviously big for them. Like you mentioned against Dallas, they they went off the fourteen threes. Um, they've been pretty uh, decent uh, defensively as well, which has has helped them, um, you know, stay in games and, and kind of allowed them to be able to get into those those second half comebacks. So, um, you know, uh, another thing that they do really well too is is they do get a lot of second chance points. They do do really well, uh, really good job at um, you know offensive rebounding, getting second chance points, and that that helps get them back into games and kind of wear de- uh, other teams down. So. Um, that's, that's the long answer to, they've kind of been doing a little bit of everything, which is, is a recipe for success in, in any sport in any, any season. So it's, um, so far been so good and, or been, been good for Minnesota. And, um, you know, once they actually get, you know, Odyssey Sims work back into the rotation, once they get Sylvia Fowles back in, um, who knows what, what the, the postseason could be or the rest of the season could be, but, um, they're sitting in a good spot right now. That's for sure. Yeah, you brought up a lot of really good, you know, points and a lot of areas that the team has been successful in. And it's interesting because a lot of those things, you know, you could say are, are holdovers from the past. I mean, uh, I kind of harp on it a lot and Cheryl harps on it a lot, frankly, of just like defense and rebounding are always going to be a part of the equation for any show reef team. And so, you know, I think a lot of this just and you know, sorry to make this the show Reeve Appreciation Hour. I mean, and I definitely she deserves those shows, but I didn't set out to do that. But I think this is kind of more about the coaching and the system rather than necessarily, um, you know, players really going out there and playing out of their mind. I mean, sure, we didn't expect Crystal to be this good and Nafisa last year and stuff like that. But to me, those those types of breakouts or even sort of mini versions of that, like Bridget Carlton or, you know, certain players here, they're having a good game. It, it to me it speaks to a system that allows these players to know what they need to do and to excel at them and to keep things simple and to do kind of like basic things like you know rebound and 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 play defense and the rest will take care of itself that I don't know we've just seen it for too long for me to necessarily say oh this is this player coming out of nowhere I think it's certainly part of that but I think it's more about the overall um, you know sort of context of what they're asked to do 
and the system and Cheryl are at the are, are the the one thing that has been consistent throughout all this and has been there. So to me, I think when you think about last year, even you know Jess Shepard looked great before she went down, and and then um, you know Nafisa wins Rookie of the Year. And I just think a lot of that has to do with um, the situation they're put into and, and sort of the job they're asked to do. And, and so I think we're just seeing that again this year where you can have new, new roles and a few new players and even younger players, and it just kind of doesn't matter. You can just put in these players, and they're going to succeed at least to a certain level. Um, so you always need talent. You always need, you know, the best teams are going to be the, the teams with the best players. That's kind of always going to be the case. But again, going back to the point of the Lynx really not falling off since, uh, you know, sort of losing a lot of their best players uh, throughout the years, that points back to the scenario in the system as well. So I don't know. I think we're just seeing that again here. Well, and it's under kind of a little bit of a, a larger microscope this year, I think, just with the unusual offseason and, and not really having time together you think that you know the the offseason that that everybody had um, in the WNBA especially the Lynx they didn't spend as much time together as maybe they would have normally in market you know leading up to the season and you know with a with a not only a younger team but a team that that looks a little different and has has some new faces this year you think that that would not play in Minnesota's favor but that that hasn't been the case so I mean like, like you said, it, it speaks to maybe the off-season workouts that they, the, the coaching staff and the organization provided to their players or just keeping them ready, um, keeping that, that mindset of, um, you know, once we, once we get started, we're going to have to hit the ground running and we got to go. That's, that's one thing Cheryl has always said is, you know, we don't have time to waste. We don't have time to, you know, slowly get into the season. Once we hit the ground running and once the games start, we got we to gotta get rolling because we don't have – especially this year with 22-game regular season, there's not a whole lot of room for error. Um, and, and Minnesota's taken advantage of that. And, and like you said, it, it's, it speaks to the, you know, the, the culture they have there and, and just the, the mentality that I don't, I don't know if it's the mentality that, that Cheryl and her coaching staff kind of instill in their players to always stay ready and always, you know, you're, you're going to get your moment, just be patient and wait it out. Um, but the players are always ready to, to step up to the occasion if, if somebody goes down for an injury or somebody, um, you know, is out for a, a game or two or whatever the case may be, but, um, or somebody leaves the team eventually. But it's, it's kind of been, you know, it's remarkable to see the different faces step up and, and like you said, everybody being ready whenever their number is called. It's, it's been, been really cool to watch, that's for sure. Yeah, and then the other big point is, you know, obviously the young players, you know, just I think that's kind of been the biggest thing of this season is kind of been the obviously the great record and kind of a bunch of come come from behind wins and gutty wins like that. But it's also just been interesting to see it being coming from such young players, Uh, you know, any in any sport sort of rookies and young players don't necessarily uh, equate to winning. You know, you got to wait a few years, you got to you got to tough it out and they got to get their reps and make some mistakes and figure it out sort of on the fly. And it's just been cool to see the Lynx really not really go through too much of that. Uh, obviously, there's going to be small examples of those things. And, um, you know, players are always going to continue to get better throughout their throughout their careers. But, you know, again, to see Crystal, Dangerfield, and um, Herbert Harrigan, and Bridget Carlton, who, you know, she's not a rookie, but she only played a couple games, hardly any minutes last year for Connecticut. She's essentially a rookie. Um, you know, and, and so you have these young players and, you know, and, and also, you know, players who are in new roles and stuff like that. And, and to me, that is sort of the, 
the the big um, the big thing of this season to kind of point to that's kind of been you know not necessarily surprising but just like kind of came out of nowhere and you didn't really know whether you could predict that or not. It's hard to it's hard to bet on rookies, right? Like it could go in so many ways. As as Dangerfield is showing us now, you know, as a second round draft pick, you know, nobody would, especially in the WNBA, no one would ever think that a player picked that low could potentially be a rookie of the year candidate. And um, here she is. So you know, I, I think the young player thing is also is also something that's really notable, especially for a season right now for the Lynx that, like you mentioned earlier in the show, you know, kind of a thought of, hey, the Lynx are going to be somewhere, they're going to be in the playoffs, they're going to be kind of in the middle of the pack, and hey, you know, it's quick little 22-game season, but, you know, let's see what they have here. It'll be a good ch- it'll be a good chance for them to kind of see what they have in their young players and kind of put help put together a plan for the future, and so far they've all really ex- exceeded expectations, and so it's interesting to think about going forward then, um, you know, sort of with the, in a, you know, in next year's season, not to look too far ahead, but it's just interesting to already have this really good output and this really good performances um, really early in, in their season, so I think the young players, uh, you know, as big as anything, have, have really been a bright spot for the season yeah and and then you I mean to like you said not to look too far ahead but you look the next season let's say Maya Moore comes back too what, exactly. what kind of team are we looking at at now and you know if they you know depending on you know the type of season that that Crystal Dangerfield ends up having at the end of the year you know could she be that that starting point guard moving forward I don't know if they initially viewed her as somebody that could just step in right away and be that you know, that, that starting point guard, I think they thought, um, and Cheryl even admitted this earlier in the year, that they didn't expect her to contribute as much as she is. Yeah. But obviously factors have, have weighed into, you know, pushing her into that starting role. But, um, you know, let's say that, that she is the, the point guard of the future. Um, you throw her in there, you have Nafisa Collier, you bring back Maya Moore, you got Sylvia Follows for another couple of years. Um, let's say Minnesota maybe goes out and gets a, another post to put next to Sill. Yeah, they'll mean, have that, cap space. I think they'll have more cap space than a lot of teams next year. I don't totally know that super well, but I think that they kind of kept their powder dry, uh, so to speak, uh, for this offseason and kind of let things roll over. So that could be another piece as well. Right, exactly. And, you know, you have, you know, let's say they, they retained Maris Dantas. You have Odyssey Sims. Those two probably would maybe come off the bench, um, you know, if, if Minnesota was able to, to maybe add another post to the starting lineup next to Sill. So it's, it's intriguing to think about. And, and like I said a little bit earlier on, you know, the, they're starting to get that, that vision and that kind of that, that mold of what they want to build around. And now they're just plugging in pieces where they need to, or maybe going into last year, they, they didn't know exactly what they were going to get in a FISA call here, or they didn't know how big of a, you know, maybe a star that she was going to be. Maybe they had the hopes, but they didn't, you know, expect her to, to kind of jump into things right away. And same thing with Crystal Dangerfield. Um, but it, you know, it's the fact that they have kind of um, excelled that, that timeline is, is obviously a good thing. And you'll take that from Minnesota's perspective, but um, you know, this year, I think they have, they have more of an idea of, what they would need, regardless of how this season plays out, they have an idea of more so what they need moving forward. Um, and then, like I said, if, if you end up getting somebody, uh, um, you know, like, like a Maya Moore, that's obviously a complete game changer for your team, no matter what team it is, um, to get a Hall of Fame type player like that back and, uh, you know, a top, top obviously top five player in, in the WNBA, get her back on the floor would be huge. So it the fact that they're they're succeeding even right now without Maya Moore and, and 
they could potentially even get her back. That's that's kind of a scary thought. Absolutely. So we have looked back at what we've seen so far, but now let's look forward to uh, what is upcoming uh, in the immediate future. Here, the links uh, uh, you know have Phoenix, Atlanta, uh, Los Angeles. Atlanta again, Phoenix again, and Chicago. So that's like the next like two weeks of games. And right now it's kind of hard to talk about the immediate future for the Lynx with, with you know, Sylvia, their best player, out and sort of a big question mark on when she's going to return. Uh, you know, calf injuries, like hamstring injuries, are just really they can linger and it's really tough and it's probably just best to kind of overshoot maybe how long you want to put someone on the shelf for that just to be sure, especially when it's your best player and you're looking like you're going to be in the playoffs. You probably – you know, want to hedge towards that side of things and be really careful. So, you know, I guess it's nice that the Lynx are facing Atlanta twice here in the next uh, in the next week, which, uh, you know, they're one of the worst teams in the league. They've only won like two games and are without Kennedy Carter here. I'm not sure how long she she's going to be out. But, you know, so they got a couple maybe easier ones in there. But then they also have some really tough teams um, that they'll have to face without sale, and those might not go so well. So, be, you know, rather than sort of look at the near-term uh, future, Let's let's project a little bit further into the playoffs, and and um, you know I guess a lot of the same caveats apply. Is like uh, kind of depends on when Sills coming back. But what do you see as far as sort of the outcome from this regular season? Um, I guess at this point they kind of can look at hey maybe we can be a top four team and you know get a buy potentially. I think that might be in the cards for them. Do you think that they can hang on to a top? four seed at this point I mean we've already seen them one they've won a number of games without sale it's not like they're dead in the water without her they've especially that Dallas game the other night really showed what they can do but I don't know where do you see this team kind of ending up uh generally and what do you think their um you know prospects are for 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 the playoffs you know I I think the the two biggest games again well and they're actually against the same opponent but the hmm. two the two biggest games that'll be the most kind of will dictate where Minnesota lies within the, the standings to me um, is the Phoenix, the two games against Phoenix coming mm-hmm. up here basically within the next like week and a half or last 10 days of the yep. month. Um, I think those games are going to be huge as far as if Minnesota can split that or if Minnesota and Phoenix can split that as long as, you know, neither team loses, you know, both of them or one of the teams gets swept. I think both will be sitting in a, a decent position regardless, but um, from strictly a Lynx perspective, they have to win at least one of those games. And I think, you know, if they're able to, let's say they win, you know, both of those games and they sweep Phoenix, you know, they're going to be sitting in a really good spot. They have, you know, the, the schedule is not, you know, maybe doesn't look as hard as maybe the first half did. And you, you obviously saw how Minnesota got through that that first half with, with eight, eight wins out of the 11 games. But, I mean, you have you have Atlanta, you have um, you know Chicago. They played well against Dallas. This is obviously a, a pretty solid team, um, but Minnesota's been able to to kind of take care of business with them. Um, you know, Washington's on kind of having a down year. Um, Indiana, they they can they can definitely uh, go toe to toe with Indiana. But um, so you know, Minnesota has some winnable games, and and I think that. You know, with looking at the the second half of the year, I I don't think it's out of the question to see them get a top four seed for the playoffs. Um, and like I said, coming into the season, did I think that was going to be a possibility? No, I I would have said that they were probably a, you know, a kind of a six, seven, eight seed, kind of like what they were last year. Um, but you know, it, it's it's kind of with a lot of changing pieces, some players opting out this year. Maybe that has played in Minnesota's favor a little bit. Maybe it's been, you know, strictly their play on the court. But 
um, whatever it is, it's it's been you know going well so far for for the Lynx, and you know I I personally think that that they're gonna they're gonna hang on to a, to a top four uh, seed for for the playoffs. Now looking at the postseason, um, where they stack up against maybe some of the top teams, you look at a you know Seattle Storm. They're they're an awfully tough team. I think they're going to be the clear favorite to, to at least reach the WNBA finals. And they're, they're the Minnesota it. Lynx of 2017 right now. Exactly. Exactly. They, they're looking extremely tough to beat. Um, but you, you look at, at them, obviously they're, you know, they're, like I said, they're going to be a, a tough team. LA, I think they're, you know, extremely deep and they're, they're going to be a tough team once while well, they're a tough team already, but especially when the playoffs come around, um, you know, it, it, Las Vegas, you, you really never know what you're going to get with Las Vegas. And they, they kind of been up and down to some extent, but they've, they've been playing, um, you know, relatively well as, as well, kind of sitting, sitting in that, that top pack, um, alongside Minnesota and LA. So, um, you know, when it comes to, to those opponents, they're going to be, they're going to be tough to beat. Um, you know, I think Minnesota obviously losing, you know, in the first round in the last few years, I, I think a realistic goal for them, obviously they're going to have a goal of, of winning a WNBA title like every other team is, but um, they're not going to tell you any different. But um, from my perspective, looking at the team, I, I think a realistic goal for them is to reach the second round this year. Um, and, you know, if, if, you know, if they are able to get a top four seed, obviously that, that would you know, propel them to maybe even make it farther than that. But um, you know, I, I think it, it, it'll be, you know, this, this, like I said, this, the second half of the season will be telling to see exactly where this team is, not only because they're going to be, you know, on a grind of a season that, that you know, the, the stamina and just overall player health is going to play a role in everything and knock on wood, hopefully they're able to stay healthy the rest of the way. But, but like you said, we don't know when Sylvia Falls are going to come back. If, if she's able to get come back, maybe in the you know in early September, that's obviously going to be huge for Minnesota. If she, as long as she's able to you know return for the postseason, would be huge. But um, you know, there, there's still a lot to, to be figured out yet. Um, but but like I like I said, I, I think Minnesota's sitting in a good spot to be able to get a top four seed for the playoffs. Yeah, you mentioned those uh, some of those games that are coming up. You know, Phoenix, they got those two games against Phoenix and. And, um, you know, I think about those games for like tiebreaker potentials. You know, I think there's gonna, it's going to be really tight, you know, especially maybe those top six teams. I think there's a clear kind of break off. Basically, there's like six good teams in the league and then there's like six other teams. that are going to have a, you know, 500 or less record. Um, and so, you know, I think, you know, Phoenix and Chicago are two teams that might be right there with the links in the standings. And they've already got one against Chicago. I think they, they beat Chicago, I think. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if they can get one more, then they have that tie break. So the tiebreaker situation will be interesting, too, because that could be the difference between playing a first round game or, or getting that bye uh, potentially. So that's really interesting to watch the tiebreaker situation. Um, but then, yeah, it is nice to have Indiana twice in here. So, yeah, the schedule, the schedule does look pretty nice um, here for the Lynx uh, coming up in order to get there. And then, hey, when they get in the playoffs, Especially when you have Sill back and you got these shooters now who are warmed up and some rookies who finally have had some games under their belt. Like, I think the Lynx in a single game can be any team in the league. And in a series, 
I would favor them over every team except for Seattle, L.A., and maybe Vegas. Um, but I think they can win a series against any other team in the league. Um, you know, so we'll see where it goes from there. But I do think, like you're saying, they could be a second-round team. They could be you know, a semifinalist team. You know, I think that's, that's uh, obviously yet to be seen, but that's what it seems like for me at this point. So let's, uh, let's hope things go well. Let's hope still gets back in there healthy and they can uh, yeah, just get in the playoffs and uh, make some noise. Um, that's awesome. Mitchell, thanks so much for being on the show here. Please tell folks where they can follow you and to what you're working on these days uh, at Zone Coverage. Yeah, I'll, uh, my, my Twitter handle, you can always, you can always follow me for, for obviously links and, and some Wolves um, information, and you can uh, kind of get my pointless um, updates while I, I continuously work from home right now. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I got a running tally of how many days it's been, so you can you can you kind of get a mixed bag with me. So you you take the good with the bad. But <laughs> um, on on Twitter, my my Twitter handle is at uh, um, m underscore hansen thirteen, um, and and obviously uh, um, I welcome everybody to to follow me on on those uh, on that platform, and and obviously uh, uh, you know check out zone coverage as well. They'll, they'll continue to be. Not only Lynx coverage, but uh, coverage on all Minnesota sports. But um, as far as what I'm working on right now, actually, um, probably by the time um, this podcast comes out, I'll, I'll have a, um, a feature on, on Crystal Dangerfield, um, and then uh, you know, continuing to, to work on some features here coming up, and uh, obviously seeing how the how the season plays out. And I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll have a um, back-to-back rookie of the year story to write maybe we'll have a coach of the year story to write maybe we'll have a um you know links reach the playoffs 10 straight year story to write so that's uh from from a links fan perspective that would be all good news and and obviously best case scenario so um but no i i appreciate you having me on and and it was a blast and time time flies by when you're when you're talking about stuff like basketball so i i as always enjoyed talking basketball with you and, and thanks for having me on neil of course of course everybody please go follow mitchell on twitter great follow for all your links and local basketball coverage um but yeah thanks mitchell for being on the show we really appreciate it and uh, we'll see what comes next here in the second half uh of the season for the minnesota Th- links thanks again mitchell